call the order and uh, if you could please rise and join us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Dale, if you could lead us please. Please stand and face the flag. Ready, begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Hoorah. All right. Uh, roll call, please. Chair Gutierrez? Present. Vice Chair Poikert? Present. Commissioner Gilbert? Present. Commissioner Esbander? Present. Commissioner Gonzalez? Present. All present to vacancies. Okay, good deal. Um, it's time for oral communications from the audience on items not on the agenda. Do we have any requests? No, sir, not tonight. Okay. Uh, sir, I think you wanted to make a statement before? Yes, before you start uh, considering your business items, uh, Mr. Chairman, members of the commission, I wanted to bring to your attention that the city council has adopted an ordinance subjecting all commissions to the rules and procedures that the city council is subject to. And the, the import of that is that um, in order to enact or pass a resolution, it will now require a majority of the number of seats for the commission. This is a seven member commission, two seats are vacant, therefore, any resolution to be passed will require four votes. Another provision that's of import is that abstentions will be counted as an affirmative vote. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. All right, let's go ahead and get on to business here. Uh, Planning Commission meeting minutes. We have uh, three of them, one from May 10th, the other from May 31st, and the other from November 8th. Did you guys get a chance to glance at those? Or Move to accept the May 10th, 2023 Planning Commission min meeting. I want to make a yeah, comment on those. Hold on, he has, uh, Frank has a comment. Yes, sir. I, on, the, on the minutes, all three of them. Okay. My last name is spelled with an S, and my name is Z-A-L-M-Z. -Z. Okay. I just want to make a correction. We'll make correction. And with an S. And I, I agree. I agree with the uh, the minutes. Okay, so we have a minor correction of a spelling of, of Mr. Gonzalez's last name. And I just confirm it's G O N Z A L E S. Z A L E L E Z. L E Z. Thank you. And Mr. The uh, manager is an S. <laughs> so thanks. Oh, you guys are from different countries. Yes. All right. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> other than that, do we have any other corrections? Second motion. Okay, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Okay, looks like it's Move to accept the uh, May 31st. Oh, I thought you said all three dates. Go ahead, I'm sorry. We should take them separately. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, move to accept the May 31st, uh, 2023 Planning Commission minute meeting. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? No. Right. Move to accept November 8th, 2023 Planning Commission minutes. Do we have a second? Second. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? No? Okay, let's get on with our first item. Thank you. Well, Mr. Chairman. Good evening, Chair. Uh, members of the Planning Commission, I'll be giving the presentation on tonight's public hearing item. 
Um, the file numbers, just for reference, are tentative parcel map number 2022-0003, conditional development permit number 2022-0037, precise plan of design number 2022-0061, and environmental assessment review number 2022-0059. Uh, this is an application uh, project that was submitted by CH Realty XI Rialto LP. The project is entitled the Lilac Avenue and Santa Ana Avenue Warehouse Project. So each of you should have a copy of the slide presentation in front of you and it's also on the, the monitors here in the council chambers. Um, so here on this slide we have the uh, project site for you. Uh, this site is 13.69 uh, gross acres in size. It's located at the southwest corner of Santa Ana Avenue and Lilac Avenue. Um, it is comprised of five parcels of land. Um, each of the parcels has a general plan land use designation of light industrial and a zoning designation of light manufacturing M1. Um, you can see on the aerial image here, I've highlighted the boundary of the project site. Um, about three quarters of the site, uh, the north end is currently vacant land and then the south uh, three quarter, or excuse me, the one quarter of the site on the north end is uh, vacant land and the southerly three quarters of the site is currently developed as a truck and trailer yard. It was previously occupied by Alliance Shippers. Um, and as you can see here to the north across Santa Ana Avenue, there's an existing industrial warehouse. Uh, to the east, on the other side of Lilac Avenue are several industrial developments. And then to the south, while the image shows uh, vacant land, that's a site that the Planning Commission had recently approved the development of a 68,000 square foot industrial warehouse on so that's a that's a site that's actively going through the uh, development <coughs> process right now and then to the west are existing single-family residences that are located within the jurisdiction of the county of san bernardino and so what the applicant proposes to do is take the five parcels of land that make up the site and consolidate those into one 13.68 net acre parcel of land and then redevelop the site with a 301,000 square foot industrial warehouse building. This slide just shows you the uh, parcel map. Again, consolidating those five parcels into one 13.68 net acre parcel land. There is no minimum parcel size required for the M1 zone, so this would meet the requirements. Next slide is showing you the site design. You have an image of the site plan there on the right side of the uh, slide. Um, the applicant will place the building more on the west side of the site and then the truck court will be on the east side of the site. Uh, this was purposely planned this way so that the truck court, um, or the, so the building acts as a buffer between the truck court and the residents to the west um, so that none of those residents will, will see or interact or hear. So the traffic, truck. truck traffic will be on Lilac Avenue? Maybe? Truck traffic it will uh, take access from both Santa Ana and Lilac. I'll get into that. But, okay. yeah, the truck court will face Lilac Avenue. Okay. Um, it will be fully enclosed uh, with a 14-foot high concrete tilt-up wall to ensure complete screening of all the activities within the truck court. Um, the applicant also install passenger vehicle parking areas on both the north and south sides of the site and there will be a total of 180 parking spaces um, inside the truck court uh, there are spaces for up to 83 trucks and trailers and then uh, getting into the driveways here um, there are three i've marked them on the site plan there with the red arrows 
the driveway on the west side of Santa Ana Avenue is proposed to be 26 feet in width. That will be for passenger vehicles only. It will be a full access driveway. The easterly driveway on Santa Ana Avenue will be for both passenger vehicles and trucks. Uh, it'll have a 40-foot width. Um, I do want to note that uh, while passenger vehicles will be able to utilize it as full access, the trucks will be required to come and go from the east. Uh, there's a condition of approval in the resolution that prohibit any of the trucks coming and going from the west so that they will not be going through any of those residential areas. Um, then the driveway on Lilac <coughs> Avenue, there's that one driveway at the southerly end. Um, that is uh, for, again, both trucks and passenger vehicles. That would be a full access driveway um, for passenger vehicles. But again, for the trucks, there is a condition of approval that requires the trucks to utilize that segment from Lilac immediately to and from Santa Ana Avenue. And then that way they're on a designated truck route and then again, they go from there easterly towards Riverside Avenue to avoid any residential areas. Um, additionally, the applicant will plant, uh, provide landscape planners throughout the site. You can kind of see those are the green areas on the site plan. And then an underground infiltration basin for stormwater. And this is the floor plan of the building. Um, it is anticipated it'll have uh, up to 294,000 square feet of area dedicated to storage and then up to 7,000 square foot for uh, office. Uh, that would come from a combination of the ground floor office and a second floor mezzanine. Um, the applicant anticipates office pods being at either the northeast or southeast corners of the building. Um, and then also you can see there on the right side of the floor plan, the 35 dock high doors for uh, trucks to unload and load. This is an image of the um, a 3D rendering, this perspective is if we were at the intersection of Lilac and Santa Ana and we were facing southwest towards the building. Uh, and as you can see, this building will feature um, wall plan articulation, both uh, horizontally and vertically from offset wall panels and height variations. Those breaks have at least three foot in depth, some areas even more. Um, then the height variations range from 42 feet up to 46 feet from the finished floor. The exterior of this building will be of concrete tilted walls, a palette of five colors. Uh, they're uh, essentially four white to gray tones and then a blue accent. Um, and then generous amounts of glazing will be installed on all four sides of the building. Um, and then also form liners, reveals, and metal eyebrow accents also again through all, all sides of the building. Next, we have a color image here of the uh, conceptual landscape plan. The applicant's proposed landscape coverage is 12.4%, which exceeds the city's minimum requirement. Um, this will primarily come from the 25-foot landscape setbacks that the applicant will provide along both Santa Ana Avenue and Lilac Avenue, but then also from, from planters around the perimeter of the building and the perimeter, interior perimeter of the project site. Um, the applicant will also install landscaping in the public right-of-way parkways along both streets. Um, throughout all the planters, they will plant drought-tolerant plants and then trees every 30 linear feet. So that kind of covers the design and layout of the building. I'll go into just some of the analysis now that was done. Um, there's a traffic analysis prepared for this project by Urban Crossroads, <coughs> which uh, is included in your agenda report. The uh, trip generation within that report uh, estimates that this project would generate up to 520 daily vehicle trips 
the breakdown of that would be 210 daily truck trips and 310 daily passenger vehicle car trips. The study analyzed nine intersections in the area. Um, in the study, it determined that there are cumulative impacts to two of the intersections analyzed. Those specific intersections are Riverside Avenue and the I-10 freeway eastbound ramps, and then also the intersection of Riverside Avenue and Slover <coughs> Avenue. Uh, the traffic study provides recommended improvements that would address those impacts uh, so that those intersections would operate at an acceptable level of service. The recommended improvements are the expansion of uh, Riverside Avenue from four lanes south of the freeway to six lanes in that segment. Um, and with that, that would bring that, those intersections back to an acceptable level of service. There is a fair share uh, or cost estimate table included in the report and a fair share assessment as well. The applicant's fair share for that improvement is $848,405. There is a condition of approval in the resolutions before you tonight that require the payment of that fair share fee prior to issuance of any permits. What is that fair share gonna pay for? It would pay for the improvements that uh, would bring those two intersections to an acceptable level of service. What do you discount? Uh, it's the widening of Riverside Avenue uh, in from um, the eastbound ramps, which are the south portion of the bridge, all the way down to the intersection of Slover. So that right now it's uh, limited in its lanes. That there would be additional travel lanes provided, widening of the road in order to uh, bring that back to an acceptable level, level of service. Daniel, did, uh, did you mention the uh, LOS? Uh, yes, yeah, so um, I may have not specifically said level of service, but the cumulative impacts mean that uh, those two intersections would have, with all the cumulative projects, an unacceptable level of service. But to get it back to an acceptable level of service, there are recommendations in the report and the applicant is required to pay a fair share towards those recommended improvements. So that's including the fair share? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So their fair share would take care of the applicant's obligation towards bringing those intersections back up to acceptable level of service. And would, would they be completed before, by the time the building's finished? Not necessarily. The, the applicant will be paying their fair share um, towards that, so there's, you know, an accumulation of money, timing of projects, and then also monitoring. They're not necessarily operating at that unacceptable level of service now. They're projected to if all of these projects operate at their worst case scenario. So it's more of a monitoring. As development occurs, does that become an unacceptable level of service in reality? And then the city should have been collecting money throughout that process move forward on those improvements. So it's possible that this could open up with an unacceptable standard? It's possible. It's not the applicant that would be taking on that project. That's uh, a more regional project that they will be paying their, their fair share fees so towards. when would that be concluded in your opinion? I do not have a precise time frame. We could ask the traffic engineer that uh, prepared the study. They might have some more uh, information on that. Are they here? Uh, they are here tonight, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And one more question, Daniel. The uh, property is owned by the uh, developer, or is it uh, unspecified? One, uh, 
Did Rome have any judgments with? Um, we need them to confirm if they've closed on the property or not. Uh, I'll defer that question to the applicant. Okay. Would you like to continue with my the presentation? Please. Um, okay, so kind of as I discussed a little bit during the site design also, made some notes there in the slide presentation that all the trucks would use utilize only designated truck routes, Santa Ana Avenue and Riverside Avenue, and none of the trucks from this development will use Santa Ana Santa Ana Avenue west of the site in order to uh, prevent trucks from going through those residential areas. Um, continuing on, uh, there was an initial study prepared for this project uh, in accordance with the California Environmental Quality Act that was prepared by First Carbon Solutions. Um, through that, it was determined that this project qualified for a mitigated negative declaration. Um, the initial study uh, and all supporting technical studies were circulated for a 30-day public comment review period um, that was from June 28th, 2023 to July 27th, 2023. Uh, there were two comment letters that were received during that time frame. Um, the comment letters are included in your agenda report. They came from Colton Joint Unified School District and also a group known as Advocates for the Environment. Um, the Colton Unified School District's letter primarily expressed concerns about the trucks and where they're going and a desire to make sure that those trucks do not head west into those residential areas where there are some schools in the area. And so that is a primary driver of why there are those conditions of approval in your uh, resolutions tonight to prohibit the trucks from going west. Um, and again, the traffic analysis was done with the trucks not going west. So, so very early on engaging the school district and planning this project to have the trucks go the opposite direction of any schools and any residential areas. And there are four schools within that vicinity. There, there are schools in the Bloomington area. Yep, and that's what the Colton Unified School District uh, was concerned would this project be sending trucks by those schools? And the answer is no. The answer is the resolutions prohibit trucks from going west past those schools. And trucks will be required to go east on Santa Ana Avenue to Riverside Avenue, avoiding what, all the schools. What happens when they don't? Uh, if, okay, so the conditions of approval do have specifics as far as signage for the driver saying when they're exiting, you gotta go east on Santa Ana. There's a condition in there that also says the, the landlord the tenant need to abide by that. If uh, it's observed that the trucks are not following those conditions of approval, those requirements, and it becomes a problem, uh, the Planning Commission has the authority to bring that item back to the Commission to consider initiating um, proceedings to revoke the, uh, the conditional development permit, if it were to get to that. Um, the only reason I, I ask that is because I see trucks going all over neighborhood uh, streets. The uh, truck corridors are okay, but we've had semis driving on neighborhood streets, and I'm thinking, I, I'm looking at Target as an example, where they, the, the truckers just, you know, ignore everything. So that's why my question is, what are they going to do if they don't? Yeah, it's a good question. The city does have authority to take action on that. And this, this permit that they've applied, the applicant has applied for, uh, really gives that authority to the Planning Commission. Thank you. Okay. Um, moving on, the uh, 
applicant, uh, in addition to their proposal, has also um, put forward a proposal to make a voluntary contribution of uh, $1 per square foot, so $301,000. It would go towards uh, public safety and public facility needs throughout the city of Rialto. What about the schools? Do they get anything out of it? It's called uh, the, five, sc isn't it? The, the schools will get, uh, yes, uh, school fees will be required to be paid and proof of payment will be required prior to issuance of the building permit. So fees will also be paid to the Colton Unified School District. And the reason for that, and I'm explaining the reason, my reason for asking that question, because <coughs> there's a lot of pollution gonna get uh, put out by the, these trucks. And it's, I, I guess it's on a 24 seven uh, operation? It could potentially be. They do not have a tenant at this time, mm -hmm. but it could potentially have a 24 hour tenant. Yeah. And I'm looking at the um, uh, pollution that's created by, and if it's not 24-7, big trucks create a lot of pollution. And that's my concern because generally these warehouses are built around poor neighborhoods and the, the, the kids that go to school in those neighborhoods catch the, the brunt of the, uh, the damage. So, and that's why I'm concerned because I'm, I'm more concerned about What's it gonna do for the city residents? Now, I don't have any problem with warehouses as long as they're built to uh, keep the safety of the residents in mind. You know, I don't think we've been doing that as a city, but that's my opinion. Yeah, um, kind of elaborating on some of that, the, there was a air quality uh, assessment uh, prepared for this project, health risk assessment, due to the proximity of the uh, residents in the area. Uh, the outcome of those assessments is that the emissions that would be generated by this project are below the thresholds of significance that are um, determined by the air quality uh, management district. Okay, and I'm also remembering that we talked last meeting about the uh, air quality control district that is citing warehouses that don't comply with what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, are we getting into another Pandora's box with this, this project? Okay, I'll continue on. Okay, just really in summary, I'm getting near the end of my presentation here. So the project uh, that you see before you tonight, the proposed warehouse, it, it is consistent with the underlying M1 zone. Again, the site is zoned uh, as an industrial zone. It does uh, meet and exceed uh, the standards in the municipal code for warehouse developments, uh, that chapter 18 and 1-2 of the uh, city's Rialto, or the Rialto Municipal Code. Um, it is also consistent with the industrial uses to the north, to the east, and to the south. Um, this careful consideration has been taken by staff and the applicant throughout this process to minimize impacts from the development to the residents to the west, I just remind the commission that currently it's a truck and trailer yard that has trucks that park up against the fence of the residents to the west. So this project will place a building 46 feet away so that there will be a setback landscape planter, then a building before any truck. So the trucks are moving further east, being separated by a new building. Um, that was done for the purpose of, uh, again, complying with the municipal code and ensuring that this, this project lessens the impacts that the residents are currently experiencing with the current development there. 
Um, so again, the, the truck work's been placed on the east side of the building, away from those sensitive uses. It'll also be fully screened with concrete screen walls and then extensive landscaping uh, planted uh, completely around the site, again, to just minimize the impacts of this development. The environmental studies that were prepared for the project did determine that, that these impacts are uh, less than significant with the incorporation of the mitigation measures that are cited within the attached mitigation monitoring reporting program that will be required to be implemented prior to uh, issuance of a grading permit prior to certificate of occupancy. Um, and then again, this project would redevelop and improve uh, this particular site from a truck yard into a uh, enclosed building um, with the use that is the highest and best use accommodated by the M1 zone. And then again, public hearing notices were mailed out for this hearing tonight to all property owners within a thousand feet of the uh, project site. And it was also uh, I did not receive any responses from sending the public hearing notice out. There, there possible there could be somebody in the audience, but no advance notice. And with that, the uh, staff recommends that the Planning Commission approve the uh, applications before you tonight. And that concludes my presentation. If you have any question, any additional questions, I'm available to answer those. The applicants also in the audience as well as their uh, technical team. Let's go ahead and open the public comment first, and then we'll go ahead and uh, take staff questions. Okay, maybe applicants come on. Mr. Chairman, the technical language issue, you mean public hearing, correct? Public hearing, I'm yes. sorry. Okay, sorry. thank you. Forget what that said. Public comment. Yeah, it's been a long day. Okay. I think the, the applicant would like to, <laughs> too, too the applicant would first like to say something. Yes. Uh, commissioners, thank you again for, for hearing our project tonight. Uh, my name is Scott Irwin. I work with a company called Seafried. Uh, we are in partnership with CH Realty on this project. We closed on it in May of 2020, so we own the property. Um, uh, I think Daniel Casey did a great presentation and outlined all the information on the projects. I have nothing further to kind of clarify. Obviously, open for questions. Uh, one other question you had asked about the uh, school fees. It's a 78 cent dollar per square foot fee that we'll be paying to the. Uh, to the uh, schools in addition to the fees that we're paying. So uh, thank you again, staff has been fantastic. I must say, you know, we work in a lot of cities in Rialto and, and Daniel and his team and, and Colby have been fantastic to work with, very responsive and just like to thank everyone for, for the uh, hard work. So thank you. Uh, I have a question actually made for both of you. So on the, the travel lanes, the new travel lanes or the expansion of the right of way in that area, his fair share, I think that the way I'm reading this correctly, is $846,000. What is needed to do it, though? Is that need, is that the cost needed for that lane, or is that his fair share? Because what I'm getting at is that, is it really a fair share cost? If that didn't exist, that lane wouldn't be needed, so shouldn't it be paying for all of it? Yeah, I mean, and then I think we can probably also see if the traffic engineer can also come up and probably provide more technical professional response, but um, the $848,000 uh, is a fair share fee based on the percentage of trips that go through those intersections that originate from their development. Um, okay. And so this is That's a- That's demanding the new lane, right? Yeah, so, so there's, a, there's a total cost, and then they're putting so many trips through that intersection and whatever that percentage is, okay. the total, that's their fair share fee. So if all they're 10% right. of all the trips, they'd pay 10% of the fee. 
could this so just hypothetically thinking let's say this was to go to approval recognition for approval could we put a condition that the lane must be added uh, concurrently at the same time of the project or else it doesn't get done so that way it'll force the city and the builder to have that lane because Riverside Avenue over that 10 free it's a nightmare yeah. I mean it's it is crazy trying to get over that if you ever in Bloomington or Riverside trying to go up from there to Rialto you can't get through it's impossible it's impossible so I mean could that be a condition uh, Mr. Chairman, I, I think that would be a, a difficult uh, condition to place because uh, it's not within the, the control of either the developer or, or the city uh, by itself because of the overpass being Caltrans. with Caltrans and with the San Bernardino County uh, or the uh, Transportation Authority yeah. has jurisdiction over that uh, as well. So. So how can that be addressed? Yeah, well, not, I would just hate to authorize such a project that we know would Im severely impact the, the community. I, I can just yeah. add on well, that. The, yeah. the traffic analysis looks at also just project traffic. And so th this project on its own would not make that an unacceptable mm -hmm. level of service. Yeah. It's when we factor in all the cumulative projects that, again, are kind of hypothetical. Um, so if they're okay. all operating at worst case scenario, then the traffic engineer projects these intersections are failing. Okay. And, and if we've approved all these projects that are making it failing, we should have collected all the money to address it at that point. So the I like to hear about the traffic study. I'm excited to hear about that. I think we're at worst case scenario already, I think. So that traffic, I, I don't know how long, you, what your observations were, what studies you, you put in place, but um, that travel from Bloomington on Riverside Avenue to go on the freeway or over that bridge is impossible to move, especially during peak traffic hours. So do you already feel, based on your analysis, I didn't read your full study, so I'm, I'm leaning on you to summarize it for me a bit. Is it already at its 100 capacity at, already, based on my layman's observation? It, it's not. Um, so traffic counts are conducted when we um, initiate a traffic study, so we take um, actual traffic counts that are collected out in the field for these study intersections. And as Danielle mentioned, we looked at nine of them. Um, when that data is collected, they're collected during peak commute timeframes. And they're uh, two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. And the analysis considers the one hour peak between each of those two hour periods and then reports an average delay for each intersection. Um, and so it's not there might be a location where you might experience extreme delays for maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but the rest of the hour, it's fine. Um, you wouldn't have a deficiency, wouldn't be reported in the analysis for an intersection like that because it takes an average of the, the whole hour. Okay, what hours did you choose? So the typical standards are seven to nine in the morning and four to six in the afternoon. She hasn't sat in the traffic, has she? Yeah. <laughs> what was the time frame of the study? Um, like when was the when were the traffic the counts conducted? Yeah, the span of it that you were looking at wasn't just random two days out of the month. Um, the traffic counts are collected on a typical weekday, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, so midweek, um, on a non-holiday and when schools are in session. Um, for this traffic study, the traffic counts were collected in February of 2022. What was the sample size? 
Uh, I'm not sure what your. Is it one day? Yes, it's typically one day. So just one day analysis. That's correct. Shows, and that's what we're coming yes. up with. It's, it's an, not a period of 30-day analysis? No. It's an average, typical wow. day. You have to make sure that there's um, no poor weather conditions, visibility issues. Schools have to be in session, not adjacent to a holiday. Um, and you conduct accounts. That's standard engineering practice. Get it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I have any more questions. Do you have any questions, Travis? I, I just, do you have any estimate on when this, the cumulative uh, fix might be for that intersection? So the cumulative traffic conditions for purposes of um, just evaluating um, in the environmental study looks at a very conservative condition. So we must consider basically any project that we're aware of has an application um, and we get that not just from the city but if there are county projects that are applicable those are also included. It's a very conservative estimation on potential future traffic um, in the near-term condition should all of these cumulative developments develop or over the same time period. Um, the, and then I don't know if the city can weigh in on these same projects, but for the two intersections that were identified as being deficient, the Riverside Avenue I-10 eastbound off-ramp and the Riverside Slover intersection, both of those intersections and the improvements that were evaluated in the traffic study overlap with the improvements identified as part of the I-10 Riverside freight improvement project and also the Riverside Avenue South Street reconstruction project. So the combination of those two projects covers the improvements that were assumed as part of this traffic study. That is also the source of the fair share dollar amount um, that was applied. And then just for, just to note, the project's contribution at the eastbound ramps is 4% and 4.6% at the intersection of Riverside and Slover. And that's not of total traffic, that's of net new traffic. So basically, everything above existing conditions, all that net new traffic, the project's percentage of that traffic. So my question is, when would you project that they would be completed? Um, that's why I was mentioning these two projects. Um, I don't know the exact timing. I don't know if the city has um, timing on those projects because the completion of those projects would mean completion of these improvements. So part of the challenge there is that we already know that, 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 that those, those locations are impacted and they have historically been impacted, but there would be no best guess when it would happen to be the resolution to be concluded. Correct, there's no, I mean, I don't have any. So we could end up with years of issues. But just before you go, so just so I make sure I'm clear, this total traffic analysis is based on four hours of one day. The trip counts. The trip counts that are that's what this yep. is all that, that's where that's they where you're coming with this whole summary. Existing traffic on the streets. Yep. Okay. I just want to reiterate that the impacts are not just project impact, they're cumulative impacts. Mm -hmm. Meaning they're, they're hypothetical if all the projects that she was explaining that uh, they analyze every project no matter what its status is. They just barely put in an application for it. Half of those projects potentially may never even built. But they're factored in into it in order to ensure yeah. that they're counting for everything. So worst case scenario, they all build out and they all operate at the worst case scenario. Now those intersections are, are operating at the, the um, an acceptable level of service. And, and 
they are, as a result, they're providing a, a fair share based on them operating at the worst case scenario, yeah. and they themselves may not either. Okay, their, their, their fair share is all based off of they operated this for 510 trips a day, which again, it's hypothetical. We don't know the tenants of any of these buildings. We don't know if these buildings are even gonna develop. But if they do and they all operate a worst case scenario, the city has a plan for it. It's not operating at an unacceptable level of service now, and it would not with just this project. Okay. But when it is, we have a plan in place to address it, and uh, these monies will go towards that plan. And that, that study was out 20 years ago, right? Yeah. We're projected out to the right? Okay. Tell me how far that is. Daniel, real quick, I, I hate to be stuck on this topic, but the, the sample size requirements, is that industry standard or is that city required? Like, could we say we want 30 days of money, of random days, a Monday, a Friday? I mean, is that the city's minimum requirement or is that the industry there, standards? I'm not sure about the industry standards, but they're meeting the city's requirements. Yeah, we need to yeah, we, the city we, has I'll talk the, about that after. Yeah, the city <laughs> has guidelines for preparing traffic impact analysis. Okay, thank you, sir. So the That's applicant follows. But nothing to do with the, yeah, yeah, it's the city, okay. Mr. Chairman, if I, if I might add, I'll defer to correction from the traffic engineer. Um, my understanding of the way this works is that the traffic counts are to determine what's the current level of service. Right. Mm -hmm. Then they look at how much traffic is this project going to add yeah, to that and does that impact it. And that determination is that yeah. it still remains at an acceptable level. Yeah. Then they look at all of the projects that are potentially in the pipeline or maybe developing over that 20-year time span to determine. No, I, got, I have zero concern about future projections. Uh, my concern is the established baseline that that's built on. The, the, what is the, the, the observed data analysis that's done? I think it's, and it's nothing to do with the applicant or this, it's the city that we'll talk about later is four hours of one day is not a reasonable measurement of a baseline for me that lives in this city seeing it that you can establish because your math is all it doesn't matter what your math is and what your projection is forward it's based on if you're establishing a set baseline off of four hours of one day that's putting a lot of faith in one day i mean it or four hours wednesday it, which is probably the least day it's not on a Monday or a Friday where people are trying to get home. That's my concern, which has nothing to do with any of this. It's whatever the city's requirements yep. are that I'd like to revisit later. It's what my concern is. And then uh, to uh, Commissioner Poikert's uh, concern, um, the projects that the traffic engineer mentioned are the multi-party projects uh, with the city, the county, the transportation authority, and, and I think likely the, the railroad as well because of the freight and the, the rail lines across there. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I have a concern after all of this. I think we're still gonna have a bottleneck. Uh, a level of service is gonna be F, simply because of the, the heavy impact the traffic is, is gonna be caused during the development and I don't know how to, how to handle that or how you would handle it. So those recommendations are included in the report and uh, the improvements are programmed so the city does have a program in place now as far as the timing uh, we need to confer with engineering and our traffic engineer right uh, to see if what the timing is if there is any timing 
uh, for those improvements. But again, it's currently operating at an acceptable level of service. If this project gets built, it will continue to operate at an acceptable level of service. If they all get built, all of the cumulative that we looked at in a two mile radius around the site, that's when we're potentially looking at an unacceptable level of service, potentially. Because again, we don't know the tenants, we don't know who's gonna go in those buildings. The study may say there's 200 truck trips, but in reality there's 10. And they're gonna pay their fair share fee as if they did have 200, but they may only have 10. Because it's, it's, a, it's a potential. It's uh, unknown at this point, but we're planning for the worst case scenario. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess we have no more. No, if there are any members of the public. Comment. Yeah. Sure. Do we have anyone requesting to speak? We do have one speaker. Okay. Jonathan Daly. Hi, Jonathan. Come on up. Could you please uh, state your address for the record? It could be your business address, too. Yes, um, sir. Uh, my name is Jonathan Daly. My address, I currently reside or rent in Riverside, but me and my wife and my son are looking to buy here when the market does, <laughs> you know, go in our favor at some point. Um, like I said, my name is Jonathan Daly. Uh, I'm a Marine Corps veteran uh, and a very proud member of Wayuna Labor's Union. I'm here today on behalf of our members and our families in favor of this project. Uh, it's projects like this that allow us to earn our place here in the community while getting the opportunity to feel like we are giving back. It is a very great feeling being a contributing member and seeing this community grow and comes with a great sense of pride. Projects like these are what keep food on our tables and families together within this community. And that is why we love to do, why we love doing what we do. With that said, this is a very responsible developer who will provide great union contractors and provide a well-trained union workforce who builds to the highest standards, and it is an honor to be a part of that. We ask that you please approve this project so that we can continue to serve in this community, <coughs> and uh, these projects allow members like myself who have a wife and kid at home um, to hopefully be sole contributing members and live within this community. Um, and not have to drive to LA or something <coughs> to work. Um, these projects uh, continue to give people like me a greater purpose. Thank you for your time. <coughs> Any other questions? That was it. Move to close the floor, right there. Second. All right, I'll move Anyone opposed to that? <coughs> um, Move to adopt the attached resolution exhibit J, K, L, and M, thereby adopting the mitigated negative declaration prepared for the project and thereby approving the consolidation of five parcels of land, assessor's parcels number 0258-120-58-59-60-61 and 68 into one parcel of 13.68 net acre parcel of land and the development and use of a 301,000 square foot industrial warehouse building on said parcel subject to the fines and conditions therein. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Aye. I oppose, yes. I oppose. I oppose. And the motion fails. Is there an alternative motion? I move to 
to deny the project based on over proliferation traffic and over proliferation and traffic over proliferation of warehouses and traffic and pollution do I have a second Sorry. Aye. Second. All in favor of that motion? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Nay. Nay. Motion fails. So it's three to two again? Because of the issue I raised at mm -hmm. the commencement of the, of the meeting that four votes are required to enact okay. any, All right. any motion. So at this point, what would be the appropriate action? Have more dialogue to see, or do continue it for the next meeting? Um, I, I would want to consult. With it. You could maybe call a, a recess, and I could take a look at the yeah. municipal code to see what the, the applicant's appeal rights are. Okay. So yeah. if there's Let's not take further a, uh, delay, they may want to proceed with, with an appeal. Okay, 10 minutes, we should yeah, be out of Take a 10 minute recess, please, and we'll reconvene in 10 minutes at 6.45, thank you.
our meeting if we're ready. I think uh, you had a comment, was it? Uh, it? It's come to our attention that the applicant would like to uh, place on the record uh, some rebuttal comments to the, some of the comments from the commission. And if, if that's acceptable to the chair, um, then I would recommend uh, asking for a motion to reopen the public hearing and let yeah. the uh, applicant put those comments into the record. Yeah, I think that's fair and reasonable that motion to reopen yeah. it. No problem? Mm -hmm. Okay, no. all right. Thank you again for, for letting us be heard. Uh, I do want to make everyone aware that the we bought this project. It was owned by Shippers Alliance. That was, uh, they were they were an extensive truck yard. There was a lot of trucks there. I think I, I, we don't have the trips. And then there's there's a tenant on there right now, McKinney Trailers, right? So there is trips already to the site. We we I I I, I, I get your concern, and I'm not trying to plead here. You guys need to make your decision. But I'm truly convinced that that we are actually going to have a trick reduction. You're going to have you, you have a yard right here, you have a trail right here. I mean, you, the trucks are right next to these two residents right now, right? You're gonna have a, a what was it, 40, 46 foot setback. Then you're gonna have a, what's the depth bar going? I, I forget, is it 300 feet or something? You're gonna, you're gonna be setting back, the trucks are gonna be set at least three, 400 feet from the neighbors, right? And I'm, I, I, we don't have the existing trips of what That's what I was being, gonna ask, maybe the traffic. Yeah, she, we, we were talking well, about that. We, we don't have. Uh, how do we establish the baseline then if we don't even know? That's where I get concerned. Yeah. This four hours of data analysis based on yeah. a 30 year warehouse. That's my biggest issue. Yeah, go ahead. I was saying, yeah, what we're saying is uh, they, they don't have the trip counts um, of the existing truck yard to see what the actual net increase or decrease would be. So the applicant's willing to pay a fair share fee. For this project as if they were the first project here yeah. uh, where no fair share fee was ever provided for the existing truck yard use that's already generating truck trips okay. um, and so um, you know it's very possible that there are more truck trips generated out of the site now than there would be with this warehouse I, I honestly I think the applicant should be more concerned about the fair share than I am how, how are you establishing a fair share he has to pay when we don't even know what the existing truck traffic's were uh, they know what the existing traffic on the streets are. Okay. Had had the city required them to uh, factor in the trips from this truck yard, that would have drastically reduced the fair share fee, perhaps to zero. Um, we assume zero. We assume zero trips. Yeah. The most conservative assumption of the current condition plus the warehouse that is there. So we would have established the number of trips. Come, come on, come on up here. We would have <clears throat> if we would have established uh, the counts that are there today, they would reduce the counts that we're showing in the warehouse today and, and therefore reduce the number of trips uh, that are contributing to the fair share contribution. But we took the most conservative approach saying those, those trips were already assumed in the counts that we took plus uh, the, the warehouse that we're proposing here today. I don't know if you want to and, and elaborate on that. Uh, Mr. Chairman, if I might, yes, sir, sir, could you please put your name on the record yeah, please. for the uh, administrative uh, record? Thank uh, you. My name is Dan Bick. I'm with Seafree Properties and part of the applicant team. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, I didn't want to add anything. I just I was going to basically say what Dan just said right now, which is that typically for the traffic city, the purpose is to conduct analysis in the most conservative manner. And in this instance, it would have been to take no credit. Had we taken the credit, it would have reduced the project trips coming off of the site, reduced their fair share contribution, reduced impacts, and probably reduced the size of the study area. 
um, we probably wouldn't have even looked at the size of the study area that we looked at had we had re reduced the trips. Okay. I appreciate that additional information. Dan, do you have anything else? No. Unless you have any additional any questions. Comments I mean, you guys have? Anything else? Chair, I, I had one comment to make. Yes, I'm sir. sorry. Um, real quick, how many how many trailer spaces are there available or shown on the plan currently? Uh, the applicant is proposing a total of 83. 83. Um, so that's 35 at the dock doors, and then what is it, 42 or 47 something trailer spaces? So if that's the correct number, I mean, I'm looking at an aerial of the existing site that's out there now. There's over 180 trailers that are out there currently. Um, you know, this is, this is probably an older aerial, but if that's how many trucks they have now, the amount of trucks they will have on the site at any given time will be less than what's currently out there. Would this be considered like a medium-sized warehouse? Probably is compared to what things we have. But yeah. Compared to a million square foot, yeah. yeah. It's smaller than many we've seen in the past. It's it's smaller than the building to the north, so, so this would we, not be the largest building. So on the, um, the amount of trucks that are allowed on a project that size, how are we coming up with that number? It is based on the square footage of the building. So uh, there, there is the ITE, as an Institute of Traffic Engineers, that establishes a trip rate. And that says for a warehouse, it is estimated at worst case that it would generate this many trips per thousand square feet. And so uh, for a 300,000 square foot warehouse, using that multiplication of just the rate times the square footage, 210 truck trips is the worst case scenario on a, on a daily basis. And that's what they'd be paying their fair share fee towards. 210 new, not even factoring in the, the uh, Paul, Paul makes a good point that, uh, yeah, if you look on the aerial uh, in the presentation, there are far more probably than 200 on the site today. Mm -hmm. um, so likely, again, the, tr the project would likely reduce the number of, of trucks uh, generated at this site while still paying a fair share fee. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about the fair share because who knows when that lever be used in the 300,000 public, that's really nothing. You but know that. when the traffic guidelines are considered, um, it's possible that the project may have had zero dollars as a fair share fee. But we. We've asked before, nothing to do with you guys here, but the the spec buildings establishing greater restrictions on the conditional development permits that we're issuing because they're going to build a building. They have zero idea who the applicant's going to be, zero idea of hours of operation, and we have no man, no control really. I guess if you will, probably a poor word for a city to have, but over free enterprise, but when it's impacting the uh, rush hours and all that, maybe we put something where the truck traffic is, is more focused on non-peak hours, maybe, you know? Yeah, the, the conditional development permit is a tool for the commission to place. So is there any restrictions on hours of operation right now in this condition? Not in the resolution before the commission. Right now, there's a restriction on the number of vehicle trips and truck trips. It's all, we've matched it up to the traffic study. And um, you know, certainly the commission has a discretion to change the conditions of approval um, that you're going to consider adopting. Um, there are also conditions in there about the direction the trucks are going. Again, like I talked about, making sure they don't go into the residential areas to the west. 
there's also conditions in there about ensuring that the trucks do not stack or queue hmm. in the public streets that they have to stack and queue yeah. on site again just to not disrupt the city's level of service on these street segments so th those are standard conditions that we've been placing on all warehouses but what's the late what's the ones we put on the hours of operations your if you're fresh from memory on, on traffic have we done any lately? There, yes there was one uh it was uh near this site at between Cactus and Lilac, a project by a group called Dado. It was a 43,000 square footer. And um, there was uh, like a daytime hour, as I recall. It was operation like seven to eight, something to that effect. So if I make sure, I just wanted to point out to you. So if, if the project does not move forward and it's not approved, of course, they get appealed to city council. However, if they do not move forward, they do still have that use out there that's permitted by the city for Alliance, where they could continue this use with with more trailers than what they're showing on their proposed plan. So. For a much smaller footprint, right? Because it wouldn't be consolidating all these lots. The, uh, there, there will be, oh. As I say, the existing truck yard, if we look at the aerial, is about three quarters of the site. Yeah. Then why are we talking here then? If they can move forward, why is it even before us? Uh, go ahead, Paul. It's a different type of use. They are proposing the building. What's out there now is just trailer storage. Yeah, there's a truck truck yard. It's a truck yard right now. Yeah. Three quarters of acre, three quarters of the size of truck yard. Um, they could continue to operate that use. There, they would like to redevelop the site into a warehouse right. uh, that would that would likely generate less truck traffic than the truck yard does. Okay. Any questions, staff? All right, um, the last two motions have failed. So, Mr. Chairman, yes, sir. if I might. Um, so, based on the actions that, that occurred, the two motions, it's a deemed denial. Um, if one of the commission members that voted to deny uh, would like to, you could make a motion of reconsideration for approval based on the additional information that has been received. I'm open to changing my vote for a, a motion to reconsider if we can come up with a reasonable uh, trap, truck traffic time frame to try to do it off peak, but I don't have an answer for that right now. Um, yes, sir. yes ma'am. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, um, so I just wanted to weigh in on the, on the trips. So. City of Rialto does have a special requirement. We do use the Institute of Transportation Engineers Trip Generation Manual, which is a national source, but we only use it for these types of industrial development. The city specifically only allows the warehousing ITE 150 land use code be used, regardless of size. So the ITE Trip Generation Manual allows for any building that is in excess of 200,000 square feet to be considered what you call a high cube warehouse. But if you look at the rates, the high cube warehouse generates significantly fewer trips than um, a smaller warehouse. Um, for that reason, the city of Rialto in their guidelines requires the use of the ITE 150 rate. In addition to that, we cannot use any of the other SCA QMD or ITE stated um, vehicle mixes. We must use the city's defined vehicle mix, which um, accounts for 40% of truck trips, which means of the trips that are being generated at the site from the trip generation calculated using the ITE rates, 40% of those trips will be truck trips. At least that's how the traffic analysis is evaluated. Okay. 
So the numbers for the project, what's being generated for the project is considered um, ultra conservative, even in comparison to what is being done in other agencies around the city of Rialto. Conditions or reconsider? Do you want to stick with your vote? I guess I can. What's that? We're going to vote again, Mr. Mills. Stay with your vote. Well, you guys have to make a motion. I can't. Yeah. Um, is that that yard active right now? Yes. The yard is active with the tenant. Mm -hmm. With trucks being stored there, right? Yes. Now. Yeah. That that aerial is a pretty recent aerial. If you can put the aerial on there, there we go. Yeah. So I think just visually we can see there's far more than 83 there, which this project would physically be limited. Just physically, the the capacity can't even take 83 or well, more than 83. There's, there's language in the conditional permit that doesn't allow any traffic on truck traffic around or employee traffic around or the just truck truck traffic no truck traffic west of the site there are conditions in the resolutions before you tonight for consideration that all the truck traffic would stay east of the site and the site's been the layout has been designed to also keep all that truck activity east of the site away from the residents um it might be the lesser of two evils yeah i was just saying it really I, I, down to I, I would i would vote a uh, motion to reconsider my okay. vote with the condition that um no truck or employee traffic is west of it you said yeah <laughs> west of the project site and Mr. Chairman, uh, procedurally, uh, I, I overlooked uh, if you could formally close the reopened public hearing. You're absolutely right. I will close the public hearing. I have a motion to close. Then you've made move to close the public motion. hearing. Second. Close. Okay. Uh, I make a motion to reconsider with the condition that no truck or employee traffic are west of that project. In addition, um, that the Truck traffic be reevaluated a, a year after it's been uh, built mm -hmm. to determine if it's realistic to what these numbers you're saying. Okay. If it is, I, we need to bring it back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that can be done. Can we do that? Can I yeah. do that? Yeah, you can make that conditional. Do I have a second? Second. Okay. Before you vote, uh, Mr. Chairman, it, it would be appropriate to ask the applicant Are you if open they're to acceptable to that proposal. The one concern would be the employee traffic because we would love to hire residents of Rialto that are potentially west. So I would hate to limit <coughs> the employee base and not having employees be able to drive west. Um, well, okay, how about we do this, that the employee entrance not be on the west side of that building at all. That the issue like we're experiencing, like Target, 
you have a racetrack of employees racing through a community to go to the warehouse yeah. there. That's my. That's what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah, I get it. I'm just trying to think it through, right? I mean, it would, it would suck, right? You have a neighbor that lives right there and you can't go to work, right? Oh, yeah, because all these kids got loud exhaust. Yeah. So that's the problem, too, uh, racing through there. That's yeah. the reality. But trucks, no. I mean, that, that, I, mean I don't think yeah. that was always the, the condition. Well, maybe if, you if you're willing to reroute the, the employee traffic, the employee entrance to that building on the yeah. other side or not on the west, I'm willing to re put my thing to reconsider yeah. and do a second. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This this access um, would still need to remain for emergency vehicle access only. Uh, I'm pointing to the yeah the the uh, top right arrow. Emergency fire trucks and ambulances need to be uh, have. Uh, where were you Where were you planning on putting employee interest by the houses? Um, there would be. Three dry, all three driveways the employees yeah, yeah, could potentially use. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The employees could use the two on Santa Ana and then the one on Lilac. I mean, I think I think we're in concept agreeing with what you're agreeing to. I just I just want to bring that up because yeah. want to make sure we get it right, you know. Yeah, I just don't want them race through the neighborhood. Yeah, I understood. I, yeah, we agree yeah. either. We could always put a gate on that. Are you open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so this is to um, designate the drive at, on the westerly part of the project on Santa Ana as emergency vehicle only? Is that what, yeah. Yeah. what's being proposed? That's, that's reasonable. Yeah. Do I have a second? second. Oh, and the uh, traffic evaluation, too. Yeah. And the traffic, and the traffic evaluation, evaluation in one year. In one year after staff operation. Go observe and, and bring it back yeah. to the. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? No. You're opposed? Yeah. Okay. All right. Four. Motion passes four to one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. All right. Um, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. And ladies in the back, I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't forget the traffic, though. And the traffic. I didn't realize four hours of work on that. I'm a little concerned with that. I'm be, I got to talk with the city on that. That's okay. Uh, Planning Commission authority, duties, and land development entitlements. We have some yeah, documents. Mr. There. Chairman, um, I'm going to recommend that that be uh, well, not tabled, but but recalendared for the subsequent meeting okay. on February 7th. The city attorney will be attending and making a presentation on planning commission uh, duties and uh, authority. Okay. Um, and so I, I think it would be appropriate to combine the, the two. And that's the next one, the seventh? The seventh, I'll just yes. put it in my calendar, it wasn't yes. rude. <laughs> yeah, so okay. uh, I, it makes sense, I think, to combine those okay. two presentations into a single presentation to the, okay. uh, to the commission. All right. Sounds good that's acceptable. Okay. Do we chase Colby off? He, he had a previous engagement he had to go to, so. That's his glass. Oh, that, that is glass for left there. Okay, you have anything, buddy? On the 7th. Are we on? Oh, I think we're done. I have okay. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Yeah.
Yes, no, I'll fill in for Kobe. Um, next meeting is February 7th, as um, Robert stated, too. So uh, we have a couple items going. Um, the next one's a parcel map subdivision for a parcel on the northeast corner of Linden and Foothill. Uh, they we're going to do a future proposed um, car wash and an auto store up there. Um, also, two enterprises expanding and requesting to expand their use down on Valley Boulevard. And the third project we have is a proposed upgrading alcohol sales from a 20 to 21 for Sinclair on Cedar and Foothill on the southwest corner. So those are projects they have. From 20 to 21, it was never 20. I'm sorry? <clears throat> from age 20? No, I'm sorry. Um, alcohol beverage control or alcohol license to a 21. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah. Those are our products we have. I thought you said from 20 to 21. <laughs> like, I didn't know we could sell the minors. To, not minors, but you know. So those are the products that are um, scheduled for the next planning commission meeting. Okay. So that's where the GNM bar used to be. This, it's the existing Sinclair gas station. Um, it was, I'm, I'm not sure, what was it, what was it before? I, I, I don't recall. GNM bar. Was it Used to go there for Friday night fish fry. <laughs> and then one last thing to um, chair. I know last time you were asking about Cosmela and the signs out there. Um, Publix work went out there and they said actually. What they say? They actually said there's some signs that Target needs to um, fix and oh, yeah. relocate. So they're work. They're going to work on it. And what about fixing that whole thoroughfare when they do the whole street? Are they going to? Are you? You're planning on making that open back up again, right? They're still working on it and looking at it. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do. Um, they're going to get back to me on that. Cool. Um, they're still waiting for Fontana to finish their portion of it as well and open Who, it up. Who's in charge of that for the city? It would be the city engineer, and under him would probably be um, Art um, Cervantes. He's, he does CIP projects and those types of projects. So. Well, we've been in contact with I'll have a follow-up as well for you. Yeah, no problem. Maybe I'll like talk with them too later once you get closer, because I, I, I'm living over there. Like they're here, I can tell him what the real real time issues are, and what I think, and he can tell me whether I'm cool with it or not, and what he, his assessment is on it. Okay. Okay. Um, so, um, planning commissioner comments. I just I just had the one. Obviously, you covered on one thing, but this traffic study requirement for the city, I would really like to revisit what our standards are for that because. Establishing a baseline traffic uh, count on four hours is troubling to me. It's really troubling. And it, I'm even more concerned that, that that's not blatantly transparent in these reports. Because I think if the, the community, I think community would be interested to know that these traffic studies are based on four hours. Now, now it kind of wonders why Many of us up here are wondering how in the hell are they coming up with that traffic assessment? And maybe can we, in, yeah. I'd like to look at what the standard is now. And then if we, if we can do a cross comparison to uh, Ranch Cucamonga standards and, and uh, Redlands uh, and probably even the newer Fontana, I'm curious what their requirement is. And so I wanna see if we're way far out of the norm. Um, I used to always tell Mike's story, many, many people before you, if Rancho and Redlands aren't doing it, why the heck are we doing it? So I like to always like to go to those two cities to see what their standard is, but I don't know. Yeah, she, I guarantee you, she hasn't parked in that traffic. Yeah, trying, that traffic try, is trying to get over that. Fall. I don't know if you've been on that during peak. It's crazy. I typically go during the week and I'll go on, uh, actually I got stuck, my truck 
pooped out on Riverside Avenue around five o'clock one day, and yeah, it's it's it's. I was almost recommending that the traffic went toward Colton and Red Riverside as opposed to Riverside Avenue. That would solve the problem too, but they go somewhere else. That's the joke, of course. Yeah. Mr. Chairman, it, it oh. might be informative. Um, at least the question comes up in my mind: Who and how are these standards developed in yeah. the first <laughs> instance that every municipality goes to? Or all the traffic engineers. Right. <clears throat> What's the underlying basis of those yeah. so-called standards? Yeah, because four hours. How are, how are they? Yeah. How do they come up with that standard that all the traffic engineers then when, follow? When, when you're talking about their <laughs> fair share, just adding one lane, we already found out it's twenty-two million dollars. Okay, twenty-two million dollars. You're talking about three hundred thousand, isn't? Uh, I mean, that doesn't cover, it's like you said, that's a cigarette lighter. And my concern is, what about the businesses that come in? We need to be more transparent. I think what transparency is one of the things that we need to focus on, because I think it's unfair to say no if they're trying to get, get their work done or get their proposals passed. It has to meet the city residents' needs, too. We don't just put a warehouse here because, hey, they paid the fair share and all that stuff. What's they going to do to the uh, people that they live around there? I mean, one of the things I'd like to talk about too is buffer zones. That's been in the, in the uh, mill for a long time. I don't know, do we have a buffer zone for the warehouses? We don't currently have a buffer zone now. Okay. We just have setbacks that are required. Can we explore that? <laughs> I, that's just a suggestion. Can we explore it? I think that issue will be addressed in the presentation by the city attorney at your Good. next meeting. Good. Uh, 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 just a general principle. Um, that's certainly something you could discuss, but to actually move something like that forward would take the can, impetus of the city can council. Can we discuss something else? It really bothers me. The warehousing doesn't bother me. Traffic does. The streets do. But I want to tell you, every time somebody comes to us, it's a spec building. We can't ask them how much trucks they're going to have because they don't know because they're not going to be in the building. So when you're building a spec building, there's so many unknowns, it's unbelievable. I mean, everything's guesswork. We guess we're going to have 345 yeah. trucks. We guess we're going to have 50 employees. We guess we're going to have, yeah. there's nothing set. And I, I don't think the city should take on a project that's that unknown. You know, if, if you own the property and you're going to build a building and you're going to use that building, bring it to us. But if you're building for spec to make a profit. Uh, You'll never be here we, we <laughs> once, it's it's done. But, uh, once it's done. Once it's done. Every apartment building they build, all the houses not filled already. They rent them out because they build a building, then they get their tenant. That's where it comes. Now we know what's going on, and I understand that I'm a real estate broker, so I do understand it. But it doesn't help the city, no, no, and it doesn't help us make a decision. And it doesn't help the residents. You know, every everything that they brought to you and give it to you in writing is a guess. Yeah. 
we guess we're going to have this amount of employees. We guess we're going to have, because we don't know. We, we're not going to be there. Yeah. Well, you remember when we built the in and out up north and the traffic? You go up there now, it's like crossing Riverside. And, uh, it is. It's two lanes going in, uh, in and out. You may have long in here crossing the, river, the bridge. <laughs> yeah, and we, we underestimated that big time. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, actually, the uh, commissioners were reminding the city about the parking issue oh, yeah. and the traffic. And they had to, city staff had to go back yeah. and engage the owner. And it still pops its head up. And remember they wanted to have an extra coffee place there too? Oh, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. didn't do that, so no, we no, still no. have some yeah. parking. So, but One thing I want to ask you, I noticed that all these warehouses, the one is open. Do, do we ever get an idea how many people are actually working in the warehouse from the city of Rialto? None. <laughs> Resident, no residents? How many is working? <laughs> how many residents? Are you asking residents? Residents. Yeah. Working in the warehouse. We, we don't have those numbers. Um, you know, they, you they have an idea. You know anyone that works in the warehouse. <laughs> I know a lot of people who work at warehouses. Actually. Do, you, do you remember when Niagara Water came to us? Were you here? I wasn't here, but I do okay. remember when they came. Niagara Water came to us, and it was a big deal. A million square foot warehouse. That's big. And all that they were going to do. They took us on a tour. This is daylight, weekday, full operation, eight employees in a million square foot. And these little carts running all over the place with a little <laughs> thing on the top of it. And guess where the water No comes drivers from? in it. Just it running there, going all over the place. Guess where the pipes water comes from? Montana. Yeah. Montana. <laughs> they don't but, even take our water. They don't even buy our water. But, but after <laughs> all said and done, and then point of sale. Remember that? This, this is a big deal, point of sale. I don't know if you know it, but just that one street in Fontana probably brings in $10 million a year in auto sales tax to the city of Fontana, right? So we get a million square foot, right? The water is bottled and it's shipped over to Costco in Fontana. Costco sells it. Oh, city of Fontana gets the retail tax dollars on that water that was bottled in Rialto. Mm -hmm. Rialto didn't get anything. Stop and think about that. I'm glad we're talking that about That same this. amount of square footage and the land it was on would be like 40 car dealerships. What, $200 million a year income and $300 million? We don't have that. We got zero income. Poor planning. <laughs> Plus, there is nobody there from Rialto working. Well, <laughs> you don't have to say anything, Paul. You understand? Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. How that how that business operates. I know everyone's a little different. You know, I, I worked at UPS for nine years. I know there's a lot of employees in that building. You know, I think it depends on the type of user you have in the building. And, and staff, we, we always ask them, hey, which, who's, your, who's gonna be your end user? And, and lots of times they, they don't know, you know, unless they're gonna build it themselves. Like a while back, we had a, a meat and cheese company who came in, they're like, yeah, we're building it for us, and you guys approved it. Um, lots of times they don't know because 
until they have an entitlement, you know, they can't negotiate with whoever's going to be there. Yeah. And, I, and I understand that. It's their business. Their we business just need model. to, I mean, honestly, if you look at our city, I mean, I've been here for a lot of years. The only substantial improvement we've done in the city in 50 plus years is Renaissance. Honestly, mm-hmm. it is. We need to really be building blocks off of that, get the residential in there. Um, I just, I wish we can get this thing moving. In downtown Rialto, I mean, it was a running joke. You get an ice cream at Dairy Queen and buy a used mattress across the street. There used to be a store that sold used mattress down there. Mm-hmm. It, this city oh, has, it has potential. You're missing the big business. Thing. You're missing the big business we had downtown, the used coffin dealer. No, I don't remember that. But I'm just saying, it's just we, we're spending, and I know warehouses are very profitable, mm-hmm. but we're going to get to the point where we're built out with warehouses. And I know the city's oddly shaped, so it does. it's not the most ideal, but we had a huge opportunity, and I know it's above all of our pay grade in here. We're not the decision makers here. We had a brand new off-ramp, which is incredibly expensive to build, Pepper, we could have really maximized that whole area. And what are we doing for another damn warehouse there? It's it, it it's maddening. Cedar is also being expanded on the tin. Yeah. So I mean that's the concern. Well, you know, we've got to start planning ahead, not doing it on a reflex uh, basis. And, and we're looking for it. I mean, last meeting the commission, actually last week, um, we voted on the Foothill Central specific plan update, which. You know, we're putting a lot of uses in there, higher density. We're trying to encourage commercial and, and businesses to come to our downtown. You know, I, I think we have one of the nicest downtowns around, to be quite honest with you. We have was good bones down you there. in the future? No, cur- currently. I, I, I walk there twice a day. I try to get, get there twice a day. And there's a lot of nice businesses down there. It's very nice down Where, there. Where, down here? Uh-huh. I, yes. Well, do you ever go down there? I believe the so. And 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 we're, we're just trying to we're we're trying to add additional. Great sandwich shop. That's all I know. That's downtown Rialto. And, and we're trying to um, oh. add, add additional uses, more more residential uses, and more opportunity for people to actually do that. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a big area just like I said I mentioned last time, just north of the Metro Link, where yeah. that's going to be downtown 2.0. So we're we're setting the groundwork now. All right. And then we want to bring in bring in the developers and say, look, we have this opportunity for you. You know, because we do. I mean, I live in Fontana, and you know what? They're downtown. It's a drive-through, and we we have very a very nice. We have good bones. We have a good de- nice downtown, nice businesses to for for you know for nightlife and, and during the day. And you know, I, I go to the hardware store, and I, and I, I I do frequent the businesses down there. So, well, hopefully one day we can get we can be like that. I mean, because Fontana's booming. It, it's really booming. You know, and, and they have more warehouses coming in than we do. There's a lot of warehouses there, and I know. The city's bigger than ours, though. Yeah. It's a lot and, bigger, and, right? And, you know, and, and the, the Twice traffic. Twice many residents. I'm sorry? Yeah. Fontana has, what, about 200,000 people, residents, probably? 206, 210,000. We're 117, or? 100, about 106. Yeah. So. But, but getting back, I just want to briefly touch on the on the counts, and when, when they pick a Four, yeah, you're right. I think it should be a, a few days to do it. If that's our standard, that's what they're doing. Minimum, man. So, so what we what we encourage them to do, and we, we make sure that they, they pick like a a work day, you know, when the when the traffic counts are the highest. So if they did like a Wednesday in the morning when traffic's okay. the busiest. That's the least 
have you been Friday's the day Friday would be the great yeah Friday day. would be a good day but honestly it needs to be yeah. 30 days in my opinion and that's what I you know we'll see what you got but four mm. hours man yeah <laughs> that's insane yeah I don't, I don't I don't disagree with you yeah. you realize the difference he's talking about four hour we do a traffic study do you remember the the, the flower loving Del High fly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know how that was studied Harvey Mudd College kids set up tents 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. They were down there waiting for a fly to come out of the ground mm-hmm. so they can time it. Frank, I think your phone's ringing. Out and all this stuff. Yeah. Is that your phone? Yeah, it's my phone. Oh. Yeah, and, and I don't know for sure it's just one day. You know, I was a little surprised that it's only one. It, I wanted to find out too and talk to our yeah. traffic engineer and find out what, what this is. It was between one and two in the morning and. No, we, we, we would make sure it, it would be during the one day's traffic. Yeah, that, that basically your foundation of data is basically it's heavily skewed. That's why that's why people don't like statistics. You can make them go any direction you want. Unfortunately, this is an example. And I'm not saying it's misusing. It's the parameters are set, so it's all fairness. That's what it is. But we need to evaluate what we can do for the future. And I think she hasn't sat in that traffic. I can tell you. Yeah, right now. but she was very honest and transparent, which I appreciated. Um, move to adjourn. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Well, that took a while, but you know, it's good to.